Welcome to The Unbridled Woman with your host, Deanne Rose. Dive deep into the essence of your feminine light, harness the strength that lies within, and rise beautifully into your authentic power. Now, here's Deanne. Hello, Unbridled Women. Welcome to the Unbridled Woman Remember, Reclaim, Rise podcast, where your journey to self-discovery and your raw empowerment begins. Here we are breaking the chains of convention and moving into the heart of what it means to live as free-spirited women today. Whether you're here today for inspiration, a dose of reality, or just to feel part of a community that gets it, you found your tribe. This is where we let our manes down and speak from the soul. So come on into the circle and let's get unbridled. Welcome to the sisterhood and welcome home. I love to begin every podcast, every um, segment here with a a gratitude prayer. So I would like us to give gratitude to the great creator energy that dwells within all of existence. Give thanks and offer reverence. Thank you to the waters that cleanse Thank you to the air that brings clarity. Thank you to the earth that sustains me. Thank you to the fire that sparks my heart awake. I'm calling in the blessings and the protection of the angels to surround this space with safety and love for all who are listening. And so it is. And now I'd like to invite everyone, if you're able to, to take three big breaths. As we inhale, breathing in the beautiful air around you filling up your lungs, and then the slow release in your exhale, just feeling your body soften and settle into the space. Taking a deep breath in again, feeling your body just expand, and then exhaling, start to connect to your senses here. One more deep breath, biggest breath of your day so far. Filling up, 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 and then slowly letting it all out. Just feeling really, really present. Because today we have a beautiful, beautiful unbridled guest, a really great friend of mine, um, just an amazing woman. And I'm so very honored that she's here to share her story with us today. And then our topic on the second part of our journey together today, um, Laura and I will be talking about um, people pleasing and how we have struggled ourselves and how we're navigating through that uh, aspect. Um, Not fully healed, but trying every single day to be better and better, of course. So, um, So let me introduce Laura. Uh, Laura Jack. She is a compassionate communication and leadership coach, an international best-selling author, founder of the Compassion Code Academy, and a trainer for the Grief Recovery Institute. Laura coaches heart-centered leaders reconnect with their purpose, give from overflow, and communicate from the heart without losing their authority, efficiency, or effectiveness. She provides in-depth training for those who want to create a culture of compassion and leave a legacy of love for future generations. Amazing. Told you she was an amazing woman. (laughs) And she will be sharing a bit about her journey in becoming an unbridled woman and, and how something that would probably throw somebody for a loop and 
maybe not recover. She took that and built a thriving business and is making such an impact on the world. So welcome, Laura. Mm-hmm. The, um, the first thing I'd like to ask my guests is what does the word unbridled mean to you? Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so grateful. Um, and the word unbridled, uh, I was just thinking about that while you were talking, like when you opened today, um, I don't know if you've read the book by Glennon Doyle, Untamed. Um, mm-hmm. There was something, it's something similar to that where it's like letting ourselves out of the cages that we think we are actually locked in but we're not. And, and what it takes sometimes is just for another woman to demonstrate to us what it looks like to be free, to be free of the old patterns, to be free of the way that we've lived up until now, the way like to be free of our own constraints and really to love ourselves unconditionally. Um, and to recognize that we deserve unconditional love, whether it's from ourselves or from spirit or from others. Um, so to me, un- being unbridled is freedom, mm. freedom to express fully, um, freedom to be who we are unapologetically. Um, so that's kind of what comes up for me. And it, it feels like that's exactly the journey I've been on for the last many, many, many years. So it feels very exciting to be able to be here with you um, to talk about this topic. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. And yeah, it's like, I think you got that on the spot on about really the intention of me wanting to do this podcast was to, was to really show women um, that, you know, all our experiences, no matter what we've been through, there's, we, we grow from that, you know, like we really rise up from that and we, 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 we claim that freedom you know, and, and that's, that's that unbridled horse (laughs) running free in the pastures, you know, that's what I want to see every woman do just run free and just be who you are. And um, my my belief is that the world will heal from women lifting each other up. And then subsequently, men will also rise. Because when we lift each other up, and we love each other, and we like hold each other, then I think I, I just truly believe that that's what it will take for our world to begin to heal itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. So let's move on into, yeah, just uh, if you wouldn't mind, as we talked before we, we started recording, what was a, a pivotal part in your journey <laughs> that, uh, that put you on a, 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 project, a trajectory of where you are now? Yeah. So I feel like I had a pretty darn good childhood. You know, I've, I've discovered some things along the way of my healing journey that maybe weren't as good as I thought. And, um, I, I feel like I was living a pretty, um, beautiful life. I loved, loved my life. Um, I, I, that was like, my friends would call me like love life, you know, like Laura, you know, that was really like my MO in the world was just to like be happy and to experience everything and to love it all. Um, and in 2008, living my best life, I was running a backpacker hostel and a bar in Panama and some islands off the coast of Panama and the Caribbean. Um, and I had just met 
my now husband and was like madly in love and like living this crazy, fun, like Neverland type of experience. So definitely a peak of, of life. And I received the news that my mom had been hit and run over by a car and it was like falling off of a skyscraper because of how high I was, like what a height Mm. experience that I was having in that moment. Like I fell off the mountain, you know, it was just, and kerplunk, like fell into like, not just like on the ground. Like, I feel like I fell into like the hole inside the earth, you know, and because my mom was my, my best friend, my confidant. Um, she was, you know, my biggest cheerleader and also the person who helped me come back down to earth when I was maybe getting a little bit (laughs) out of hand, (laughs) um, you know, and, and I think, you know, she was just really honest, uh, and sometimes to a fault and, but it was also a beautiful demonstration. So that experience of losing her suddenly and tragically, um, just completely rocked my world at the time. Um, I was 25 years old and again, was just in a peak joy experience. So her death was kind of one of those things where I, I wasn't sure if I would ever be okay again. Mm. Like I wasn't sure if I would ever be happy again. I, I lost, it was like, you know, in tarot, like it was the biggest tower moment of my life. Like it was like absolute destruction of everything I had ever known about myself, my family, the world. And um, it was was a lot. (laughs) And I like, I, I tried to go back to Panama, um, And I just, I couldn't be there because I couldn't be the life of the party anymore. I couldn't, um, not yet at least. Um, And so Aaron, my husband and I, my now husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, we moved back to the States and I ended up going to massage school and like all sorts of things. Like my life took some really massive turns uh, because I... I had always, which we'll get to later, but I had always been a very good girl and I'd always followed the rules and I'd always done things like, I mean, for the most part, how my parents wanted me to in mm. my, my own little twist of it, you know? Um, and so after she died, I, there was, it's interesting because as devastated as I was, and I've told, I've said this before to others and it's like sometimes horrifying for people. So I forewarned those who might be like, what do you mean? Uh, but there was some odd sense of freedom in my mom's death. Um, even though it was the most devastating thing I'd ever gone through, but there was this freedom that I could then have my own inner wisdom instead of always relying so heavily on her. And I I didn't know this right away. Like this is in reflection. Um, but there was this sense of like for now, like right now, you know, it's been years. Like there are times where I desperately miss my mother, like with my kids, et cetera. Um, and then there's times where I'm like, but now if I'm like, I wonder what my mom would say about this. Like she is unconditionally approving of me in the afterlife, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's this like sense of that soul connection now that still aids me in my growth because it's my voice of what I think she would think, you know, rather than what she actually has to say as a human being talking to her daughter, um, which again, there's like a lot of beautiful freedom in that, in that healing. Um, So, 
Oops. <laughs> we have someone agrees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's with us. Um, so, yeah, I just feel like that that experience has paved the way for all of my healing and growth in this lifetime so far, you know, and, and so ever since that tragic day, it has been the greatest catalyst for my growth and healing of anything I could have ever imagined because of the relationship I had with my mother. Mm -hmm. Um, it just, it was an un, I couldn't get through it. I couldn't get past it. I had to go through it. I had to do it. I had to experience it all. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it has been quite the journey, honestly. And I, I became a massage therapist. I became a health coach. I was like, and then while I was in health coach, while I was health coaching, I had this visit for my mother. Um, since we're spiritual here, I can yeah. share this part. Yeah. Um, I had never had this experience before. And I didn't even know that I believed in these things before that. Um, but my mom showed up. Um, out of a request, like if my mother were only here to help me, mm. I would know what to do with my life. And, um, and, and she came and the message I got was love, loss, love, love, loss, love. And it was over and over again. And it's a longer story that I'll tell you another time, but ultimately what ended up happening was I realized that I wasn't actually supposed to be a health coach. I was supposed to be a grief coach. And uh. I was help here at that time to help people love their life after loss. Mm. Like they love themselves after loss, like love it all after loss. And, and so that became my next step on my path. So in that every single one of my coaching pieces of my journey has been exactly what I needed to heal through. Right. right. So I had mm -hmm. to focus on what I needed to learn. Right. Because mm -hmm. for me, and maybe this is true for you too, but I teach what I most need to learn. Yeah. And yes. so I learned a lot about grief and that particular lesson of teaching, um, internalizing and integrating was more than a decade of my life's work because mm -hmm. it was such a deep lesson for me was how to move through loss of every kind, not just the death of a loved one, but like every loss of a hope, dream and expectations of how we thought our life was going to go like loss of an identity of a, of a self, you know, yeah. like loss of each version of myself along the way. Um, and so that has been profound and yeah, so I could keep going and tell you how it continued, but that like really like that grief portion. And then I was like, gosh, now people aren't coming to me about like the death of loved ones anymore. Now they're coming to me about like shifts in their relationships and, and their struggles with their communication. And, and that ended up leading me to write the compassion code, which is my book, because it was like, how do we talk to people who are going through difficult times and not have that destroy us, right? As the person who's caring. And so anyway, each little step of my journey has been divinely guided by my mother, in my opinion. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. You know? And, and so, and, and this, and this step of the way, like where I am now is really learning how to unconditionally love myself um, and release the people pleasing and perfectionism. Yeah. And so that's where we are today. 
<laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You know, I think it's really important to really emphasize, as you said, it took it took a decade for you to move through all those different ways that the death of your mother affected you. And, you know, I find it very interesting where, you know, people, you know, they lose a loved one or, um, or they break up a relationship, you know, like, oh, okay, I'll just give my, in a week or so, you know, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to start living or, or they feel like, and, and, and also I'm curious, as you're saying, is like, so, I mean, that's 12 years is, is a long time, right? So, but it took that, it took, and it took that time for you to, to move through and heal that for yourself. And, and it seems to me, and you tell me if I'm incorrect, that you, you allowed that space for yourself. Um, did you ever get to a point in that time though, that you, were you really like, I'm at a really low point and I'm never going to come out of this. Um, was it ever kind of scary like that for you or in, and what kind of pulled you out of that? If that did happen. I feel like that's how I felt in the early days. Mm -hmm. Um, that's how I felt like for the first nine months. And because, and I, that was like the, am I ever going to be okay? Am I ever going to be happy? Am I ever going to love my life? Am I ever going to be me again? Like I had loved who I was before <laughs> I was wild and cr like brave and like moved to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil by myself at like 21 years old. Like I was just unbridled at that point <laughs> and I became bridled, right? Mm -hmm. Like I actually lost myself with my mom, mm. I lost who I thought I was. And I didn't know if I would, I was like, am I ever going to smile again? I didn't know if I would ever smile again. And I'm like, you know, me now it's like, I, you can't contain this, smile, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. so it was definitely, there was definitely that. And don't get me wrong for those of you who are like, Oh my God, is it going to take me 10 years to heal from this? It's like, it's an ongoing journey. It's not, it doesn't mm. have to take 10 years to move through your pain. This is part of my work is to be a teacher in this particular arena. That is not everybody's journey. It can take 20 years or 40 years. If you don't ever look at it, the worst part of my journey was when I was pretending that I was fine. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I wasn't, I can, yeah, just shoving it down. <laughs> and as I remember the first time I cried to my father, who had lost his wife of thirty-four years and his love of his life at the time, you know. And I had been so strong for him because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. And I would mm. call him every day to check on him, like I hadn't gone through my own major tragedy, right? And I remember calling him one day, and I was like, and he's like, "Are you okay?" And I was like. I finally cried to him and mm. he's like, how he's like, I've been waiting for you to feel. And I was like, but dad, like I wanted to be strong for you because at that time I still yeah. thought that was what I was supposed to do in quotes. And he said, you're my baby. You don't need to be strong for me. Oh. And I was like, inhale. Yeah. And exhale. <laughs> and it was such a turning point because I had realized that aside from Aaron, I had pretended I was fine with everyone else. Just putting on that brave face, strong. Mm -hmm. And healing will take a lifetime if we 
pretend we're fine for everyone all the time or just numb it out and pretend it doesn't exist. Right. Mm. Yeah. As soon as I began to feel it and to heal, like my healing was happening. You know, I'm I'm a very visual person. So as you're talking, I'm like just imagining. So I'm seeing you as this, you know, unbridled young woman. And, and, and this is kind of feeling I'm getting. So you, you're just brave, just going into the world, just independent. And cause you, and you also, and you described, you had a really great relationship with mom. Like she was your cheerleader. So like, you know, I think there was part of you was like felt fueled by that love and that support. And just like, she was like, give, you know, her energy or whatever was allowing you just to be. And then when she wasn't here, it was like for you to, start that journey inward to find that unbridledness or who you actually are inside of you without that external, like that external cheerleader is no longer here. <laughs> that, that protective source or like, yeah, you can do anything you want to. You have, now you have to find it within yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. That's- I've been reparenting myself for 16 years. Mm-hmm. I've been finding that unbridled woman again for 16 years since she died. Wow. Yeah. What a beautiful journey. (laughs) Yeah. And my daughter, you know, who's now nine is a huge part of me reclaiming that because she is so fierce and so brave. And she's so much like I was when I was younger and just, it's just reminding me of who I really am. Mm. This is kind of a personal question, but you don't have to answer if you don't want to. But I just thought, like, are you are you teaching her that that braveness and that fierceness is inside her all the time? Oh my god, that's her. Like that's her her owner. Like you she's know. teaching me that. Like oh, she? she's the one who reminded me that it's like, I, there's this question that they ask, she goes to an alternative kind of school and they asked two years ago, she was, she just turned nine, two days ago, but so she was just turning seven. Okay. And they asked, who is your hero to the kids? And she said, I'm my own hero. <laughs> Good for her. That's amazing. She is so seven years old. Rad. Like she is amazing. And and so, yes, absolutely. Like, and we do a lot of more work around not being like, you're so great. Like, it's like, do you feel proud of yourself? Right. Like letting her own her own bravery, like letting her own her own pride in herself, like letting her be her own advocate. Right. So absolutely, yes. And like letting that internal approval be like for herself, not from, from me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. That's so important. So important. Yeah. To emphasize, keep emphasizing that. And yeah, but she seems to have it all going on. (laughs) She does. She's so amazing. And I tell her, I'm like, wow, I don't know where you came from, but thank you so much for being my teacher. Yeah. I got to have her on the show. (laughs) She would love it. She would love it. She is so cool. Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, we're going to take a break in in a minute or so. So maybe this is a good time to kind of transition into 
Um, yeah, you, t- you touched a little bit upon our going into our next segment here of the people pleasing and the uh, the good girl <laughs> of doing what was expected. And um, yeah, so I think that's a really important topic that a lot of a lot of women can relate to. And um, so thank you, Laura, for sharing your your beautiful story and, and, and then for the work that you're doing now, you know, with all the your compassion code. It's Actually, that's a beautiful book. I highly recommend it. It actually taught me how to speak. It helps me as a coach as well, you know, to to be able to speak to people when they're um, they're going through um, difficult times. And because yeah, sometimes we just don't know the words to say, and um, and we don't say anything, right? And um, you know, there's Laura's book definitely teaches you the compassion that the words to say to um, really. Um, soothe people and give them, give them comfort, which I think is very important. Um, so like I said, when we come back, one more thing before we go to break, do you think Mm -hmm. there's 10 seconds? Um, I think I realized too, that my mom's, um, advocacy was also something for me to bump up against. And that was the rebel. I was able to rebel because I knew it was safe and then she was gone. So there was nothing to push against. So that'll be something in our, um, Mm -hmm. talking about being a good girl when we come back. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, everyone. Um, stay tuned. Um, thank you all so much for listening and you are so very appreciated and we will be right back. Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. The mission at Native Path is to make it easier for people to get on the path toward better health and stay on that path. That's why their suite of nutrition products is made with the highest quality ingredients nature has to offer. One of their most popular products is their collagen peptides. Their collagen consists of only one ingredient and is always grass-fed and free from gluten, dairy, soy, and GMOs, just the way nature intended. And it's amazing. They even have bone collagen and joint collagen products that are specifically formulated to attack problem areas. Brill oil, berber bean, turmeric, native greens, native mind, grain-free granola. The list of amazing products goes on and on. Native Path has an answer for all your needs. All their products are thoughtfully crafted to help you eat, move, and live in a way that supports a long, happy life. As a valued Deanne Rose listener, you can go to GetNativePathCollagen.com slash Deanne today for a special 45% off offer. Get on the path. Stay on the path. Did you know you have the power to overcome any obstacles and create the life you desire? Listen for Up Close and Empowered with host Sana Johns. Sana has proven with nearly three decades of experience, it is totally possible to become stronger, more confident, and empowered to live a life of love, fulfillment, and success. It's through Sana's personal transformation that has inspired her to awaken you to your divine power. Up Close and Empowered with Sana Johns, Thursdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you.
Welcome back to The Unbridled Woman with Deanne Rose. Have a question for Deanne or her guests? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Or email Deanne at theunbridledwomanrises at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to The Unbridled Woman. I am your host, Deanne Rose, and I am here with the goddess, Laura Jack, who has been sharing her story of her reclamation of her unbridled woman. And for our remaining time together in our circle, we are going to dive a little bit more deeper into the topic of today, good girl gone authentic. (laughs) So before we start, though, I really want to give another shout out to our wonderful sponsor, Native Path. Their products are amazing, and they're off. They have a beautiful offer of their collagen. So I highly recommend you all take advantage and take um, take a chance on taking this beautiful collagen. I have. It's made a big difference in my skin, in my nails, in my hair. It is out of this world. So big shout out to them. Thank you for being on the journey with with me here. And we right. are- their matcha. We love their matcha too. <laughs> yes, you are also a customer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> love me. Yeah, the matcha is good too. Yes. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, to my fellow good girl gone authentic, let's dive <laughs> a little bit deeper into um loving those that people pleasing part of ourselves, right? That's I don't know about you, but you know, it's um it's followed me through I'm a good portion. I'd say it was until I was probably 50 that I started to really look into like, this is not really why, how I want to live anymore and finding my voice. So hence this podcast, finding my voice has allowed me to be the, the, the good girl gone authentic actually. So amen to that. Amen. Um, yeah. So yeah. What was your, um, yeah. What's your experience of, of being the good girl and doing what you should? <laughs> Oh, yes. I mean, so it's interesting because you said something, I don't know if you meant to say it, but loving the people pleaser part of myself. And what I recognize is that people pleaser in me, I have deep respect and gratitude for that part of me because it got me where I am. Mm. And I lovingly am upgrading her (laughs) and give her a promotion to um, really be more expressed, more honestly and authentically expressed because she kept me safe and loved and she helped me belong, um, to all the people and all the things for a long time. And really just having a deep, massive respect and gratitude for that piece of myself who was brave enough to please others and now gets to be brave enough to please myself. And, Mm. Um, so that has been, but I, I mean, I, I don't even think I realized what a people pleaser I was. Um, and cause I was like, I don't care what people think about me. Bullshit. Yes. Um, <laughs> not true. Um, like it, and it's been an unraveling. It's been a letting go. It's been an unlearning so that I can be like, well, you know, and there was this moment in a ceremony that I sat in where I, I thought to myself, I want, I never want to abandon myself for the pleasure or comfort of someone else ever again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I have abandoned, I had abandoned myself so many times because I didn't want to make somebody else uncomfortable, including staying in unhealthy relationships because I didn't want to hurt someone else. But who was I hurting along the way? Me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a fucked up paradigm, actually. Right. You know, it's like, you're a kind person and then you look at it. but you're not really being kind to yourself. Right. It's like a people pleaser. You need to be a me pleaser. Right. And, but then it's not, and that's not a selfish thing. Like when you're, I was just reflecting as you were, as you were, as you were speaking there. And, you know, I see this, I see this in my, in my daughters and their generation. They're in their, in their twenties. Um, and I think that is a big people pleasing portion for, for a lot of women. And, um, it's for me, it wasn't until I really felt dis- disrespected by some of these people that I was people pleasing that was almost this, like eye opener right. to like, hello, like, what am I, what am I doing here? And just for me, that was just like, all right, let me, let me look into this. <laughs> and, you know, cause you said about belonging. And so it's just like the reflection, thinking about like, well, do I really want to belong with these people who aren't treating me nicely? <laughs> you know, where can my I can put my kindness to? And that's what people pleasing is. I think is is, is you just you're you're just kind. <laughs> you don't well, want to see people it's actually, hurt. It's nice. It's not kind because kind would include myself. Hmm. Okay. I feel like I'm being nice to other people, but what I miss it, like kind is honest to me. Kindness has more honesty. Like the kindest thing to do sometimes is to be honest. Whereas I think that people pleasing is about being nice so that we don't hurt anybody, but then we're not, but then we actually don't have a real relationship because I haven't been honest with you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, looking at it that way. Yeah. Words should do a podcast on words. Like, (laughs) I wrote a whole book called how to say the right thing because it's all words are so, and tone, you know, Mm -hmm. tone tone matters too, you know, like words and tone. Um, I I wanted to read you something that I found on the internet by this guy named Alan Gorton, which struck this deep, 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 deep chord in my soul. When I read it about people pleasing, would that be okay if I read it to you? Yes, please. Mm -hmm. He says, people pleasers don't people please to please other people. Oh, he says, ah, the people pleaser, that altruistic being always putting others needs ahead of their own, taking care of everyone but themselves. I was like, yeah, except this isn't really true. Someone asks you to take them to the airport during rush hour traffic. You say yes, even though you have a million things to do. You want to break up with your boyfriend or girlfriend, but you don't because they'll be hurt. So you stay in the relationship Mm -hmm. or you move across the world to get away from them. Um, people pleasers don't sacrifice their needs for others. They sacrifice their needs to avoid anxiety. Some people have a very difficult time with conflict. Maybe your parents fought all the time. And as a result, conflict makes you anxious. Some people have difficulty tolerating guilt. Maybe your mom or dad would use guilt as a weapon. And as a result, the emotion makes you anxious. People pleasers are not people pleasing to please other people. People pleasers are people pleasing. This is hilarious to avoid the anxiety that comes up in the face of conflict and or guilt. 
As bad as neglecting your needs might be, it's not as bad as the anxiety you get when conflict arises or when guilt comes up. People pleasing should really be called anxiety avoiding since that's the true motivation behind the behavior. The way to become less of a people pleaser is to increase your capacity to tolerate conflict or guilt. And to that I say, and to really expand your capacity for loving yourself. Like, wow. Yes. yes. That just was like, (laughs) I just got full body chills on that. I'm like, I feel like you just, all right, you, you just described me. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So I'm not a peaceful pleaser. I've been anxiety avoidant. (laughs) Yes. Like to avoid anxiety and conflict and guilt. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Conflict. Yeah. Never want to, don't want to go there. Yeah. That that's so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather drive you five hours to the airport and <laughs> traffic to say no and have you talk bad about me or something. Right. Exactly. You know, I have to tell you that, um, I've been, so my mother-in-law, my, my husband's mom is incredible with boundaries to the point that it sometimes it like hurts, but like, <laughs> It's really, she's such an amazing teacher in that way. And she's been an amazing person for me to practice boundaries with mm-hmm. because she does it so well. And, and, and she understands like when you put up a boundary. So it's like really, gr- she's a great, she's been a great practicing ground. So a year ago, my husband was in Brazil and he was gone for six weeks, as you know, mm-hmm. and um, I was supposed to go visit her and I was feeling anxious about going. And my old self would have pushed past and just gone because I didn't, I wouldn't have wanted to disappoint her um, right. because the chill I've, you know, we have her only grandchildren. So like, Oh, she's going to be disappointed. Cause like, she wants me to come. But like, I was just, I, my, every part of me was saying like, this is not a good idea to fly to Seattle with the kids by myself in the middle of the fall and like, whatever. So I call her when I say, Hey, can I talk to you about something? Which is, these are things that I teach other people. So I'm like, I practice my own stuff, like how to have conversations. She's like, sure. What's up? And I was like, I'm feeling a lot of anxiety about coming up to visit. And here's what I think it is. And, and she's like, oh, well, thanks for letting me know. And I was like, yeah. So like, maybe I should just not come and like, or you can come here. Or, you know, we can postpone it until Aaron gets back or whatever it was. And she's like, or what about a third option? Like maybe if the house isn't a good place, cause like they have renters and stuff in the downstairs and the kids have to be quiet and all this stuff. She's like, what if we like go out to, you know, this, this, um, our friend's house on Whidbey Island up in Washington. And I was like, huh, hmm. I could do that. Like, let me sleep on it. Like, and then I was like, and would you still be able to help me? Cause I have some work to do while I'm there. So like, that was the whole point. She was supposed to be helping me. Right. And so I slept on it. I woke up. I was like, yes, I'm a yes. So I called and I was like, okay, like let's do it. And it didn't actually require any changes except for what we were going to do when we got there. Right. Like, and I didn't have to change flights or do any of that. Nice. So like we were all set and I was like, wow, I spoke my needs. I told her I was anxious. She came up with an even better plan than the one we had. And my needs are being met and her needs are being met because she wanted to see us. And so I'm like, great. And then fast forward, like a week and a half later, we're getting closer to the leaving time. And she calls and she says, guess what? Don't tell the kids, but we're getting a puppy, like a brand new puppy. 
And she's like, it's going to be great, but we're going to go back to plan A. You guys are just going to come to the house and we're going to all be here with the new puppy. Oh. And I was like, hmm, I don't think you understand. I was like, number one, so excited for you. I know you've been wanting a new puppy for a while because their other dog died a few years ago and they, he was amazing. I was like, and, and not, but, and I don't think we're going to be able to come. I was like, I, I don't want to get in the way. I'm not trying to punish you. I love you. I want to see you. And if we come up there, it'll be fun for like five hours. And then it's going to be you taking care of a newborn because baby out of attention and Kai's only five. He was only four at the time, you know? And I was like, it's going to be chaos having two puppies. Like he's a puppy. (laughs) No, I was like, exactly. It will, it'll be fun for four hours out of the seven days that we're supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I just, I don't want to set ourselves up for failure to, for me to be resentful, for you not to be able to help me, for you to be up in the night with the baby puppy. So why don't we just plan for another time? And that's okay. Yeah. Good for you. How, How did she respond with that? She was like, Oh my gosh. Like I hadn't even thought about that. Um, you're my priority. I told Aaron that we would support you while he was gone. Like, let me talk to the breeder and see if we can like postpone it by a week. And I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> so it was like, oh my God, I can like say, speak my truth, say, have my boundary, be honest, be kind and get what I want. <laughs> yeah. And everybody, right. And so she did. And then you went up so and spent postponed it. And like her daughter and son-in-law um, took the puppy, like they, the breeder couldn't do it, but the, her daughter and son-in-law were willing to take the dog the first week so that we could go and be there and spend the time together. And like, it was, it was an amazing week mm. and she was super supportive, which I knew she, she, again, she's such a good person to practice these things with because she responds so openly. Um, yeah. Yeah. She, it seems like she didn't take anything personally or be get defensive mm-hmm. and, you know, and that's that, that. That's what people who are used to boundaries will get right. defensive or hurt because they won't do that for themselves. You right. know, she, she's probably exactly. thinking, "Oh, I would have done this for myself." Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I think I was able to say, "Like, I'm not trying to hurt you. I really want to be with you." Like, because she could have made up a story in her head that said, "Oh, see, Laura's trying to keep the grandkids from me, or she doesn't love us, and she's trying to find any excuse." You know, like you people can go to that place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was able to say like, this is not what I'm trying, what I want. This is what I need right now. I just need a lot of support. And I feel like with a the dog there, I'm not going to get what I need. Yeah, and exactly. No attachment. Like, I love you. I would want to come. And I'm also not upset with you. If you need to do the dog thing, I'm going to, I'll find childcare here in Austin. So anyway, it was such a beautiful example of not people pleasing and still getting my way. Yeah. And, and it seems and also what I'm also hearing too is there was, because you, know, you mentioned feeling in your body that anxiety coming up. So you were very conscious of your body saying that this was not a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And you listened to that. And mm-hmm. therefore more doors just opened up, <laughs> more more possibilities, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. More limiting. And the old me would have been just like, it would have scaled right past the anxiety and be like, I'm doing it. I said I was going to do it like perseverant, you know, like being a perseverer 
Mm-hmm. And that would I would have been resentful, disappointed, exhausted, anxious, like resentful. I know I said that at first, but like it would have built resentment because I didn't speak my truth. Right. Yeah. And you were pushing. Yeah. I mean, I personally have seen as I reflect through my, my life, right. when I've pushed something or try to make something happen, it's, it never worked out very well. Right. <laughs> there was already repercussions, you know, it wasn't very smooth. And so, you know, yeah, the, the, it's the courage to be like, okay, yeah, I, it's, it's okay. Or and that's the courage. I think it's, it's the compassion for yourself that I am not going to push through this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not going to be healthy for me or anybody else. Exactly. I'm not going to push past my own feelings. And you know, what's so interesting about releasing people pleasing is I actually severely appreciate people who don't people please because I can trust them. Yeah. There's so much more trust. Right. You, you know, you, you know what you're getting there. You and know. I don't have to be like, oh no, are they actually, do they actually mind? Or are they just saying that because they don't want to hurt me feelings? Right. And so, because then you're always like, eh. sidestep, <laughs> wondering. Yes, yes, yes. There's always that weird feeling around, around people like that. Exactly. Exactly. Because I'm, <laughs> I don't know if this has to do with people pleasing, but um, this is, so I'm, I grew up in, in New England. And then moving down here to to Texas in 2009, we move here. So in New England, it's, um, you know, you, you, I have friends, but, you know, it took a long time to get these friends. And there's just, you know, just a few close friends that you allow in there. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's just the way it is up there. You know, it's just, it, it takes a while for people to trust. And, but when you do like your friends forever. And, um, so we move here and people were just so friendly and my honest, my first response was like, well, what do they want from me? <laughs> you know, what, why are these people being so nice to me? And, um, and it, it took a little bit to be like, oh, you know, they, they actually are just very friendly and, and want and want to help. And that's just their nature. This is the culture here. And I'm like, oh, how nice is that? <laughs> like, oh, I can let myself, you know, open up here, you know. And because I felt back in New England, there's always like these different masks to put on and um, how, you know, feel safe to show yourself completely, you know, to, to everyone. Whereas here, it's like, yeah, this is me. Yeah. When I went to I went to college on the East Coast, and a lot of my friends are from New York and New England, um, the Northeast. And people would often say to me because I grew up outside of Houston, so I grew up around the friendly, like open. People would be like, "What's wrong with you? Like, what (laughs) what is this?" And I'm like, "No, no, it's just real." And like they would come to realize that it was real, Um, but it was definitely people were taken aback. Mm -hmm. by it because it was like how could anybody be this nice 
why are you being nice to me? Mm -hmm. You know, and it was a hurdle to overcome that it was like, no, 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 this is just who I am. This is just how I am. Uh, But there is something, you know, really comforting about the authentic kindness um, in certain places of like, no, it's just like how I want it to be. No, I, I would like to do it for you. Like when your neighbors bring you, like, I remember when we moved back to Austin and our neighbors brought us cookies <laughs> and like what they wanted from us was to meet us and like potentially have friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not to check out the stuff you had in your house. No, exactly. Being nosy. Exactly. Well, it was during COVID. So we like literally met masked in the street. <laughs> so it was like, here, here are these, we wanted to meet you guys. Like you seemed like you're kind of in our age range and like you have little kids. And so anyway, it was really cool. And so I, I do, I mean, it is a little tangential from people pleasing, but I do think that there, that's like this um, people pleaser, bad girl, or could be a good girl gone authentic. Mm-hmm. It's like being good, uh, being nice is not always authentic, but you can be kind and authentic. And I think those can be synonymous. Like it being a good girl means fitting into a box that somebody else has asked you to be in. Right. Yeah. Whereas I think being authentic does not exclude kindness. I love that. Yeah. I, that's, that's worth writing down. Yeah. Kindness does not exclude being authentic. Yeah. And that's true. Yeah, they, it's, you know, speaking of words, authentic seems so much more expansive to me. Yeah. And, you know, good girl, just like you said, it's, it's, it's very constricting. It's limiting. Because <laughs> sometimes we, we want to, we want to be angry and we want to be not so good. We want to rebel and, you know, and we want to stamp our feet and scream and, and say no. <laughs> And that's quite frankly, like I said at the beginning of my story about my loss, the only time I felt like I would never be okay again was when I was being inauthentic. Mm. And I was trying to make sure that everyone else was fine. I was I was people pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to be strong for my brother and my dad and whatever. But what that did was it kept a distance between us because I was being inauthentic. Yeah. Was there even possibly resentment of like, oh, they get to, they get to grieve and cry and be sad and, you know, and I need to hold it all together for them. I don't know that I consciously had that feeling, um, but they may have had that towards me. Like, how come she's fine and we're not? it might've been like a separate, it just a further separation for us. Mm. Like where they like, didn't relate to me because I was pretending I was okay. And I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. We just never know. Right. Like you just never, you should never assume what people are feeling or thinking. Cause you know, all the stories that people get in their heads about, about things. I, I call that benefit of the doubt thinking, like giving people the benefit of the doubt and, and then mm-hmm open to asking and hoping that they'll be honest. And I've found, and what I've noticed, the more honest and authentic and open I am, the more I get the real deal from others. And it is so juicy and rich and connective, right? It is so good. That is where, to me, the magic really does happen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this has been a beautiful, beautiful chat with you, my dear. 
Thank so you. Awesome. So where, where can, um, where can people find you? Where can they get your book? Yeah. So they can just go to, um, I'm on Instagram. So at Laura Jack coaching and my, um, I think my website is just laurajack.com. So both of those places, they can find the compassion code, um, and they can, you know, continue to see my journey to ending my people pleasing struggle <laughs> <laughs> and everything else that I've done along the way. So yeah. Um, thank you for, for asking and inviting me to be with you. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a, a really, really, um, really rich conversation. And I hope people got a lot about, especially in the words I, I did, you know, the I, kindness, kindness and authenticity. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm grabbing onto. <laughs> so I'm calling more and more into my life. That's for sure. All right. So um, everyone, you can also follow me on Instagram at The Unbridled Woman and um, on Facebook at Deanne Rose. And remember, I'd love to hear your comments. If you have an unbridled journey that you would like me to celebrate during our circle, you can always email me at theunbridledwomanrises at gmail.com and we will celebrate your story here. Send you lots of love and good juju. And as we close out this circle, I will use this uh, quote. Remember that your worth isn't measured by how many yeses you give, but by the authenticity of your no. Walk bravely into the world as your true self, for the only approval you need is your own. Until we meet again, be kind to yourself and let your authenticity shine. You are enough just as you are. We'll see you next week. Much love. Thank you for joining us on The Unbridled Woman with Deanne Rose. May today's episode infuse your spirit with the blessings of empowerment and the warmth of love. As you venture into the week ahead, embrace the divine feminine within. And remember that you hold the power to transform your life. Until we meet again.